Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. By God's grace, our nation has finally overturned a very wicked law. That said, it was never law. This was a Supreme Court 49-year reigning opinion. It was an opinion. It was never law. How do you know that it wasn't law? This is how you know. When the Supreme Court draft leaked, what happened? Democrats began to scramble. To do what? To codify Roe into law. To try to make this thing that we acted like, it's the law of the land. We can't do anything. Our hands are tied behind our back. I'm a conservative, but I just can't fight. No, no, no. Why were they trying to to work so quickly to codify this into law? Because it never was. And to be fair, they tried to codify a lot more than Roe. They tried to codify into law the right, the right to abortion for any reason, at any time, all the way up into birth in any of the 50 states. And 49 out of 50 Democrats voted for that to happen. So if there's any question, well, I mean, really, can't you? I mean, you could vote for a Democrat. No, no, no you can't. You can't. Maybe there was a time, I would argue there never was, but maybe there was a time, but certainly not now. It is abundantly clear. And that's unique, right? In our world, in every culture, in every nation, there have always been demonic ideologies. There have always been wicked people with wicked desires that want to rule the world, right? As, as the Joker or, or Alfred once said of the Joker, some men just want to watch the world burn. Right? There's always been people like that. That's not unique. But it is a little bit unique, not that it's never happened before, but, but it's somewhat unique that, that you have that culminated in a political party. Right? There are always bad people, always wicked people who want to do wicked things. It is unique, though, that that's uh, personified fully in one political party. It's personified a little bit in the other political party, too. But, I mean, fully. Fully, yeah, I mean, it's sodomy, um, mutilation, murder of children, uh, civil theft. I mean, it's, that's an, it's insane. It, I mean, it really, it's, it's kind of like, and, and it's a mercy of the Lord in, in, in one respect, um, because it's like God made this really obvious for us. Thank you, Lord. Because for a while, people were deceived. They just didn't know. I don't know. I, I'm not following the news all the time. I'm not an expert of politics. Uh, but God, in his mercy, made it really, really clear now. Really, really clear. And that's why people are leaving the churches, just for the record. You guys know about that. That's why people are leaving the churches. That's why people are leaving certain states. Can I get an amen for like ha- half of the room? Right? So, you know, so that's, that's why people are leaving certain states, leaving certain churches. All it, why? Because the Lord, in his mercy and in his providence, has lifted the veil. It's not that people got more evil. It's just that the Lord mercifully has revealed some of these things, right, where we can see these new fault lines are coming in clear, and we can see what side people are on. Okay, so with Roe being overturned, here's a couple marching orders 
from your pastor as Christians as a local Bible preaching church. Number one, Roe was never law. Roe was never law. And red states should have fought a lot harder. When Roe came down the pipe 49 years ago, Texas should have said, no thanks. Texas should have said, come and take it. Texas should have been what Texas pretends to be. Texas should have been an actual conservative state. We should have said, no, we're not killing our children. And we are a union of states. This is not a dictatorship. And this is not a raw democracy where 50% of the population plus one tyrannize the rest. No, this is a constitutional republic. And you do not have the Constitution at the federal level in your court on murdering children, and we have a state constitution. And state representative, no. You can take your Supreme Court opinion and finish the sentence. That's what you can do. Take it. Take it away. Let's just say that. No, we're not doing that. We're not murderers. No. That's what we should have done 49 years ago. And by God's grace, Roe has been overturned. But, but listen, what that does in real terms is it's going to save the lives of children. So praise God. Objectively, there will be children saved. I've even heard rumors that there were certain abortion clinics in major cities in Texas with women sitting in the waiting room going to have their appointment, their murder, that day, waiting, just minutes, or, or maybe at most a couple hours, some of these children would have been murdered. And the abortion clinic was shut down. They shut down, and those children were saved. Praise God. So in real terms, this is going to save the lives of children. Now, that said, wicked people are going to double down on wickedness. That's what evil does. Right? So California is going to become an abortion sanctuary state. Right? That, you talk about an oxymoron. Right? The, I mean, abortion sanctuary state. Right? A safe place to kill children. Right? And what they're going to do is they're going to ship people from Texas over. They're going to pay for your airfare, pay for your lodging, pay for your meals, pay for the, uh, the procedure, the murder itself. And they're going to pay for that, just for the record, if anyone's like, well, what, what are they going to use? Where, where, they, where does California get all its money? How are they going to pay for that? They're going to pay for that with their state tax. And I believe that by God's grace, we're going to find more Christians like myself and what many of you who came with us, what we did two years ago, I think you're going to find more Christians leaving blue states. I, I don't think the migration is over. I think it's going to actually increase because it's going to become more and more unbearable upon the consciences of Christians to stay in these places. And <laughs> it's a joke. But the joke of being, I'm a missionary. I'm a mission. It's a joke. I'm a missionary. Okay, missionaries fight. I'm fighting. We're planting churches. Great. But missionaries fight without funding. Like, let's just be real for a second. Let's just be real. Okay, go ahead and pull up your, your giving report for 2021. How much did you give to the local church? Dollars and cents. How many people did you lead to the Lord? How many were saved? How many disciples are you making? Great. Okay, now pull up your state taxes. How much did you pay to California? What percentage of that goes to Planned Parenthood? 
How much does it cost? You can look all this up. How much does it cost to abort each child? Okay, over the course of 20 years of choosing to live in California, how many souls were saved and how many children's murders did you fund? Because you can actually get down to the exact numbers. You're fighting, but you're also funding. And are you funding more than you're fighting? Right? That's like being a Green Beret behind enemy lines, right? And you're hiding out, and the rest of your troops, they've already retreated, and it's like, I'm going to stay, and I'm going to win the war single-handedly. And you're hiding underground and behind trees and, you know, in the water with like a, a reed for a snorkel breathing air as they're walking back. And you're doing all this, and, and every two weeks you pick off, right? You're an expert sniper. You're even dropping down out of a tree when there's an isolated enemy and slitting his throat Rambo style. You're doing all this kind of stuff, and every two weeks you take out one of the enemy. But one of the ways that you're able to hide so successfully is you dress up the other 13 days in that fortnight, you dress up as the enemy and you run a general store where you give out supplies to the enemy for free. Right? That analogy really makes it clear, huh? That one hurts. It doesn't hurt us, but that'll hurt some of my friends in California when they listen to the recording. So that, let's not do that. And, and my point is, a lot of Californians and a lot of New York people and Massachusetts, that, that, that is going to be more and more unbearable on their conscience. People have tried, and they just, they're like, don't, get, get away from me with your facts and logic, Joel. I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm a missionary for Jesus. That's going to disappear. It's going to become impossible for people to miss. Our, our nation is not going to, to unite. Not anytime soon. It's going to become more polarized. Not less. And not the same, more, more. Me and, and some of the other men here at Covenant Bible Church, we, we went down to a Taylor Pride uh, Festival yesterday, and I preached the gospel with a megaphone. They did not enjoy it, but we did it because it's right, and it's good, and it's faithful, and this is the day after Roe gets overturned. They weren't happy. Right? It's like the whole idea of tolerance and kindness. Nuh-uh. No. We're going to have increased hostility, increased polarization. You're going to see it geographically with states. You're going to see it with ideology and politics, as we already have, but more, not less. And you're going to see it with churches. You're going to continue to see a divide. They're going, I mark my words, there will be more people over the course of this next year, even the next few months, who will leave their churches because Roe gets overturned and their pastor says nothing. And they're tired of it. And we'll see them here at Covenant Bible Church and be happy to, to receive them. That's going to continue to happen. And back to the missionary thing just for a second. You might say, well, what about North Korea? What about China? What yeah, uh-huh. The difference with California is that people can leave. It is good and right to send the gospel into places where people are trapped. People are not trapped in California. G.K. Chesterton, he once said, uh, democracy is the belief that the people should get exactly what they want, good and hard. The problem with California is not one tyrant named Gavin Newsom. The problem in California is Californians. They had a chance to recall him, not even close. I mean, it was sad. I remember feeling sad. I was going to, like, say something. I knew he wouldn't get recalled. But I was going to, you know, I prayed for it because I'm not a monster. I want good things to happen, you know, so I prayed for it, but I knew it wouldn't happen. But it, it was so far from happening, I didn't even say anything about it. I, was just, I can't even rub this in. I, I got to be nice. 
The problem with California is the Californians. The problem with New York is the New Yorkians. I don't, I don't even know what the word is. The problem with the people of Massachusetts is the people of Massachusetts. That's the problem. They're not trapped. These, these, these places, these states, these are not uh, countries like North Korea or China. These are not places where people are trapped and we need to send the gospel in. The prodigal son, very, very powerful lesson. The prodigal son, he lavishly spent all of his inheritance after disrespecting and rebelling against his father. And then he was found in a far-off distant land when a famine hit. Right? You might call it inflation with re a recession right around the bend. Right? Famine hits. He's in a far-off distant land, and he squandered all of his wealth. And, and so he picks up a job feeding pigs. And it says he longs to be fed with the pods that he was feeding to the pigs. And, and then there's something beautiful and powerful in the text. It says, and no one gave him anything. And the very next words are, he came to his senses. I should go home. The servants in my father's house have it better than I do. And he practices his repentance all the way home. This little piggy comes all the way home. Why? Because people loved him. How did they love him? By giving him nothing. Tough love. True love. Real love. And the Lord used it to change his heart. The Lord used it to change his heart. If every Christian left California tomorrow then the bed that the wicked tyrants have been making for decades, they'd finally have to lay in. But the problem is that the salt of the earth keeps propping them up. So they never actually have to experience the consequences of their sin. Just like a bad parent who never allows their child to experience the consequences of their sin, who withholds discipline, just like the sin of Eli with his two sons, so too the evangelical church has done with the Democrat Party and blue states. Let's stop it. Let's stop it. And in God's mercy, here's the deal. In God's mercy and his providence, I believe that that kind of pseudo-love, pseudo-charity will become more and more impossible. So whether evangelicals ever learn the lesson or not, I think God is being so kind to us right now, he won't allow us to make that wrong decision of bailing wickedness out. And what does that mean? What it means is that we need to focus on the place where God has put us in his sovereignty. We need to fight for this state. We need to fight for this county. We need to focus our efforts here. It's going to be a local battle. Not just a war at the national level, but 50 different battles. And Christians are going to need to fight state by state. But what we should do is we should first lock down our easiest wins. We don't need to say, let's go to the hardest place and try to win California. No, let's lock down Texas. I think of Revelation, I believe it's chapter 2, verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 2. One of those two options. It says, strengthen that which remains and is about to die. That's how I feel about Texas. Not California. You might think, oh, that, that's a good verse for California. No. Um, the verse for California would be, nothing remains, it's already dead. That's the verse for California. For Texas, it's strengthen that which remains and is about to die. Texas is not nearly as conservative as we'd like to think it is or that we hope it might be. There is danger in Texas on the brink 
There's lots of work to do here. And by God's grace, we have a fighting chance. We have a fighting chance. All right, one more thing about the Supreme Court and their decision to overturn Roe. First, states never had to submit to Roe. They should have fought it at the state level. They should have said, no, we have a state constitution and we have the federal constitution and there is no right in the federal constitution for a woman to murder her child. In fact, the 14th Amendment argues the exact opposite. That's the first thing. Now that Roe has been overturned, it's actually the same marching orders. Fight the battle on the ground at the local level, state by state, and now, in God's mercy, all that's changed is that, is that the rhinos don't have a thin veil to hide behind anymore. That, that's what's changed. With the lifting of Roe, it doesn't mean objectively we can do things that we couldn't have done before. We could always have fought before. But now we can fight, and when other guys say, I can't, I want to, I really do want to, I just can't, then we can say, oh, you're a liar, and not give them our vote. That's helpful. Praise God. That's a mercy. Okay? The other thing that we need to be aware of is this. Our Supreme Court, and I am so grateful to God, so I don't want to take good news and make it bad news. Okay? Hear me. This is good news. But one of the things you see Israel doing is when, when they win a victory, they then run down and pursue the enemy. And I think that conservatives and Christians alike Sadly, what we do is we win a victory, and then, and then we turn the other direction and go and have a potluck and celebrate. No, when you win a victory, you then pursue the enemy, right? When, when David cuts off Goliath's head, that's step one. Step two is all of Israel pursues the Philistines. That's step two. So all I'm saying, I'm not saying this is bad news. This is wonderful news. All I'm saying is, Run them down. Pursue. Don't just celebrate. Pursue. And just for the record, because this is recorded and YouTube might, you know, metaphorically run them down. In, 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 the, in a proverbial sense, spiritually run them down. Pursue the enemy. We need to pursue the enemy. And, and at the state level, what we need to do is we need to elect just officials who will rule justly. Some of you are called by God. You need to pray about this seriously. You are called by God to run for city council. You are called by God not just to vote well, but to actually serve well in civil office. Uh, we are not pietists at Covenant Bible Church where everything is spiritualized. We believe in all of Christ for all of life. The whole counsel of God for the whole of human society. Every realm. We want to apply the gospel and God's law in every realm of human society. In culture, in politics, the whole nine yards. Not just the home and the church. We start with the home and the church. Home and the church is the priority, but it is not the exclusive focus of our efforts. But it is the starting place. The beachhead for winning the war is the local church and godly households. That's the beach hole. Get your house in order. And make sure that you have a good Bible-preaching church that you are a faithful member in, serving, giving, loving. And then go out. Pursue. Get involved in the marketplace, the economy, the arts, culture, politics. Some of you are called to run. That's what we do on the state level. That's the ground war. The air war, what we need to continue to preach and pray for is that the Supreme Court would take one more step. And I'm not talking about Obergefell and other things. They need to do that also. But I'm saying in the realm of abortion, 
in a nutshell, this is what you have. Please hear this. I know I'm going for a little bit. I'm, this is the last thing. Please hear that. What we have is this. The Supreme Court has gone from 49 years of abusing its authority to now abdicating its authority. What are you talking about, Joel? Abusing its authority for 49 years saying it is a federal right. It wasn't law, but this was their opinion. The Supreme Court opinion was uh, every woman in the United States of America has a constitutional right to murder their unborn child in the womb. That is tyrannical. That is an abuse of authority. What we now have is the abdicating of authority, meaning all that we have right now is the Supreme Court coming back, walking back and saying, oh, a woman doesn't have a right to do that. What we need, so abuse of authority, she can murder her child. Abdicating authority, oh, she can't murder her, uh, her, her child. Uh, but faithful use of authority would be uh, not just to say Roe was wrong, but to put in the actual legislation to make the right opinion, Supreme Court opinion, to say it is actually a federal crime and murder to kill your baby in the womb. What we have is a retraction of Roe. What we need is a statement, a ruling from the Supreme Court from the position of the 14th Amendment and more importantly from the eternal law of God that this is a crime. This is a heinous, wicked sin. So we've gone from saying this is good and fine and permissible to we're no longer saying that. We're now neutral but we all know neutrality is a myth. We need to move to this is wicked. So that's what we can be doing. As a church, we need to be talking about these things and certainly praying, taking these things to the Lord in prayer, praying that the Supreme Court would actually go on the offensive. And praise God for Thomas, Clarence Thomas. We need to be praying for that man. And someone needs to build a statue of him. I mean, that's a guy actually worth putting a statue up and remembering. Okay, so let's pray for Clarence. Let's pray for the Supreme Court. Pray that they would go even further and that they would actually stand on the 14th Amendment and say it applies to the child in the womb. Uh, do you remember any time period in our nation where there was a, a whole class of people that were considered subhuman? Like they're kind of people but less than fully people. Did that go well? Was that, was that righteous? No. That was sinful. That was racism. So why is it okay to do that with a whole class of people called the unborn? Like, they're people kind of, but not really people. Equal penalties means equal protection. Equal protection means equal dignity. That's the logic of the argument. What is the penalty for homicide? That should be the penalty for abortion. If the penalty is not equal, the protection of those two classes of people being murdered is not equal, which means if the protection is not equal, then we are saying as a nation their dignity and value is not equal. The only way to say that an unborn child truly is a child, a human being, fully, not half, not three quarters, but fully human, an image bearer of the living God with equal value and dignity than any as any born person, the only way to say that Equal value is to have equal protection. And the only way to have equal protection is to have equal penalties. That we treat abortion the same way we would treat homicide. Until that happens, there's still much more work to be done. That's all I'm saying. 
praise God for this victory. But there's still much more work to be done. Work to be done at the air war, praying, the Supreme Court, these kinds of things, nationally, and the ground war. The ground war at the local level. Us being salt and light and getting involved through legislation, through preaching, through prayer, through catechizing, all these different things. So let's continue. Let's praise the Lord for the victory. As Goliath's head is being held up by David, let's shout the shout of victory and then run him down. Pursue the enemy. All right, let's pray real quick. Father God, we pray. First, we thank you for this victory. We thank you for the overturning of Rome. 49 years of wickedness. But Lord, we pray for more. We pray for more. The battle is the Lord's. It's your battle. You are sovereign. You are the one who has done this great thing. And we pray, Lord, that for your glory and for our good and for the good of children, that you would give us even greater victory in the coming days and weeks and months and years. Lord, we pray for our nation as it continues to divide and polarize. Lord, we pray that you would give us immense courage to stand firm and wisdom, that we would calculate our decisions wisely, that we would be as innocent as doves, never compromising, but as wise as serpents, shrewd as vipers, that we would play to win, that we might be faithful, in your sight and bring glory to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. But real quick, before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.